Welcome to Folding Chair Theology. We're your hosts, Justin Mercier and Bruce Pagano, and this is Theology for Everyone. Welcome back to Full and Shared Theology. Um, I'm your host, Justin Mercier, and we're I'm doing a just-in-time uh, with you in your earbuds right now. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about what is, I guess, in my heart and also like just some of the things I'm walking through right now. So I'm going to you know keep this uh, uh, brief, but one of the things that... Um, is kind of I think one of the things that's going on in my spirit is is that especially this month of February. So February is Black History Month, and what it is is it's a it's a way for us to show honor to the um, uh, the accolades and the accomplishments and the um, inventions and I mean all the things that the African American community um, has brought to us and. One of the things that is one of the most important things is, you know, thinking about how we have, um, we have Christian brothers and sisters, or just Americans in general, who are of color who fought next to, um, next to soldiers of a different of a different color, white, and 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 uh, and how when they come back from war. They don't get to serve or have the same freedoms that they served for and how they weren't honored like how other people were honored. And so one of the most important things about this month is about honoring those people who didn't get a chance to be honored and also to honor those who are still living, who have had amazing accomplishments. One of the things I posted at work, I actually um, got to help start a, um, a prayer group at work. Which currently, I mean, there's 40,000 employees, but I think we have like 60 followers or something like that right now, but, um, which is great because it was like 30 last week. So we're doing really good. Um, but one of the things I said is, you know, of course I, we've got to start with some of the things that are even more current, like our first, uh, black and Asian American first lady, um, Kamala Harris, um, how, how cool that is. I mean, it's so important, not only for women who in a hundred years ago, um, barely even got the ability to vote. And now vice president in the white house is, um, huge. That's huge for, um, women and, and, in equal rights for women and, and that sort of thing. And then, and then secondly, um, her being of a minority, two different minorities, Asian and, and black. And it's like, man, like this is, this is some cool history that we get to be a part of. And so it's very important that we celebrate that. And so one of the things is, is that that really changed my perspective a big time is when I really started looking into what does it mean to love one another? What does it really mean to stand up for the oppressed? What does it really mean to, to turn away from the easy way, the easy answers, and really start diving into okay, what is the issue? And uh, one of the things that is really kind of um, hitting hard right now is that you know having this concept or or you know having one of these 
uh, talks where people say, and and, and, I, and I'm not going to say who, but just people who will say, you know, I if I say one thing, I'm wrong. If I say another thing, I'm wrong. So I'm not going to say anything, and I'm just going to be silent, and I'm just going to love everyone. And that's really hard for me because I have deep community and friendship with the African-American community and the Hispanic community, um, you know, and that is to them that just says, you've given up on me. You've given up on fighting for what is right and what is just. And what is right and what is just as a Christian is that if I'm crying that I am oppressed, it's important to me that you recognize that and that you 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 say, okay, what can I do? How how can I help? What what is the best way? And uh, be damned for anyone else who wants to <laughs> who wants to say, well, you can't do that because of whatever. It's like, no, you know what? I'm I'm stepping away from me trying to please everybody and me trying to you know say the right things that you know my people want me to say or whatever, and go, okay. What, how can I how can I help and how can I fix the issue? One of the things that um, I think really is um, one of the impactful things for me is is that I never got to see it this way. And I grew up in a pretty conservative home, grew up in church, but I, I I lived in small towns. I lived in a very very small town. Um, it's a town called Forest Grove, Oregon, which I still have friends there. Um, even friends in Vernonia, um, Oregon, which if you don't know, if you don't know where that is and it's really, I mean, you barely be able to find it on a map, but, um, here's the thing though, is that growing up in church, growing up in Royal Rangers, which is like, is the Christian version of the Boy Scouts essentially, um, is that there was no one of color at my church. There was no one of color at my Royal Rangers meetings. Um, I can't even really, really remember other than maybe some Hispanic people, um, of, and then their kids being my school, but I don't remember even that. I just remember it just being people who look like me, kids who look like me. Um, and that was it. And then I moved from that to Idaho, which Idaho is, um, I mean, there's almost, there's almost no, there is almost no, um, people of color here either, you know, very little, um, you know, very little percent of the population is, um, has any type of like literally when I was changing schools from Westview high school in Oregon, when we were looking at, there's a website that we, I, I distinctly remember this, that we were in a computer class. And we were looking at one of the things that the teacher says, hey, I want you to you know, go on the internet. They were teaching us how to go on the internet at that point. Um, and they were teaching us how to search for a website. And so one of the things they searched for is let's let's type in you know, Beaverton, Oregon, and let's see um, the diversity in Beaverton, Oregon. And it was like, it was something like 60% white, um, you know, 20%, um, you know, Asian American, you know, f- you know, 10% African American, whatever, you know, and it kind of broke it all down in a pie chart. And I knew that I was moving to a place called Eagle, Idaho. 
And if you know anything about Eagle, Idaho, it's um, it's a, a, a quite a wealthy area. It's a pretty wealthy area. Um, and so when we I typed in Eagle, Idaho, no joke, literally came up ninety nine point seven percent white. And it said less than 1% other. <laughs> That's it. Like literally didn't even like list all them all out. Just said other. <laughs> and I remember my friends being like, oh my gosh, there's like only white people there. <laughs> and I just was, and I was like, I guess so. You know, and I wasn't, I mean, I, I don't even think I was even ready for that. Uh, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's wrong. Maybe, maybe there's something wrong because I had never been to Idaho before. And so then I moved to Idaho and yeah, sure enough. I mean, we, uh, actually on my first day of school, I got to meet my friend, uh, Josh Henry, which he's got a really great website. Um, Henry Um, he's, uh, he's got, um, him and his wife, uh, Nicola have a uh, website of, um, of just articles and of teaching. Uh, they literally were teachers, um, and they quit their teaching jobs to do this full time, and their articles are, are amazing. And and um, so yeah, definitely go check them out. Um, and it's uh, just to make sure I have it yet. It's henryed.com. Um, but anyway, he was the first guy that I met when I was there. He's an African American man, and um, we bonded instantly because I had not seen anyone else of color at this point. I have been in Idaho for three or four weeks while our house was being readied (laughs) for us, whatever that meant. Um, and, and literally like one of the first things I said, I said, Oh my gosh, like you're the first person I've seen of color in Idaho. And his response was like, I know I just moved from Atlanta, uh, Georgia. And yeah, I like there's almost nobody of color here. And that was the weirdest thing. Now I, I do give credit to Josh cause I being in Oregon and being near the coast of Oregon, um, I showed up in, <laughs> I showed up in like shorts with some like flowerly, like Hawaiian shirt, a puka shell necklace with spiky hair. And he told me real quick that I can never wear that again. <laughs> and, uh, I appreciated that. And, and there was things, other things I, I was like, but what about my cell phone? Nope. You can't have your cell phone in class. Well, what about my backpack? Nope. You gotta just bring your books. Like it was, so, so I appreciated him. He walked me through everything. We, and we were best friends and, and, uh, and so I really appreciated him. Um, but it was just so weird. So, so coming from a town of nothing, you know, no color, no, uh, diversity, you know, nothing like that to come into Idaho, which was essentially the same thing. It was very hard for me to have ever seen racism, uh, prejudice, injustice. I never really got, I never got to experience that. I really didn't understand it. And, um, and it was never really talked about. You know, that's the thing is it was not really talked about in my household. Um, and when it, when it was talked about, it wasn't, um, it wasn't flavored very nicely. If, if you know what I mean, it was, um, kind of a, like, oh, we don't talk about that because, you know, whatever. And, and it was just like, oh, okay. And that was just my standard. I had no idea. 
and that went and that went for a lot of things. Um, you know, the LGBTQ community basically didn't exist at that point in in from what I knew. Um, I didn't know anything about the gay community. I didn't know anything about that, and so it wasn't until this last this last year when the George Floyd murder happened, the Breonna Taylor, um, you know, murder happened, like these sort of things that started happening. And I was like, I was like, okay, we know this kind of thing happens all the time, but why is it different this time? What's the, what's the shift this time? Because it seemed so much more prevalent than I had ever seen before. And, and it really opened my eyes to, and there was even, um, and, and I, and I'm blanking on the names, but there was even a, a, a gentleman who was like choked to death. I can't remember. He was like put in a headlock and literally said, I can't breathe. And like, they just kept it on there. LeBron James. I know all, all the basketball players had like, I can't breathe shirts and all that kind of stuff. That was like one of my very first tastes of it, but I really didn't. I'm on Arbery. Okay. That's it. Yeah. He was shot. Okay. And so, yeah. Um, and so it, it was one of those things where I started really diving into it and cause I, I, I always been under the assumption of like, yep, I don't see color. Everyone's equal in my eyes. Um, you know, I love everybody, you know, that was just the standard. That's all I knew. Just like those were the, the canned responses and, and it wasn't until I started diving in that like, and start understanding a, a little bit more. And I cannot, I can't say that I understand all of it because I, I truly don't understand all of it. I only understand a small piece of it. And that was like that. I mean, one of the big things for me was like there was mortgage clauses that said, hey, if you ever sell your home, you're not allowed to sell it to an African-American family. We just don't allow that at this bank. We don't allow that in this neighborhood. If you're going to sell your house, it has to be to another white family. And I have found out that even in some cases, those actually, those contracts still exist in some areas. And, um, and, and then just like even talking to people who are like, yeah, I was, I was a police officer and we were told, even though we knew the true version of the story, we were told to say this version of the story instead because we didn't want our police department to look bad or, or so we just fabricated the story. There was even a, a story about a boy, uh, an African-American boy who was at a park it was like a park and he had a clearly a fake like squirt gun or something like that and was running around in the park. Damien Rice, that's it. Tamir Rice. Um, and he was just like running around and someone called the police and said, there's, a, a black boy with a gun in this parking lot or in this uh, playground. And these cops just rolled up and started shooting. Like not even, not even let the car stop before one of the officers is getting out and starting to shoot. And he, at that point he was just sitting on a bench, like just hanging out. Like that was it. Gun clearly not real. No one shot, no one hurt. And it's like, those kind of things really do exist, but I'm in Idaho. That's the, that's the thing is I'm in Idaho. And if I had not had people who brought these kind of things to my attention, I probably would have never known or never heard ever. 
And so one of the things that is really important about about God's word is that is that when 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 we look at when we when we step away from like what would Jesus do and we really start looking into what did Jesus do and what it is is that he went to the town of Samaria when the disciples were like uh Jesus no we got to go the long way around Samaria and it was like why now we're going to Samaria like no Jesus you don't understand like those people are horrible and like we they don't like us we don't like them and it was like you know what you, you like you need to just follow me <laughs> like and you need to stop talking like you know and and that's the thing is like for me it was like i've got to stop saying these things these like you know what we're all human race we're all there's no there's no color like i'm colorblind um you know um we're all equal that sort of thing because the the unfortunate fact is that that's not true it's like we we cannot just have a cop out and just say you know what um i don't have to deal with this because it doesn't pertain to me like i am a white idaho american and racism doesn't exist here and i'm telling you that it does and it's very prevalent and it's our job and, and this is the this is what's been pushed on my heart is that it's my job to say you know what um if i have to be the one person which i know i'm not the one person but if i have to be the one person that says no more i want to learn i want to understand i want to fight but in not fight as in like i'm gonna go um you know do something crazy you know i'm saying like when i say fight i mean like fight for my brothers and sisters in christ who are of a different race and a different culture a different sexual orientation like i want to fight for them because I want them to know that they have someone who loves them. And the way I can show love is to understand how they want to be loved, how they accept love. Um, do I need, you know, I'm willing to repent if I have to repent to say, you know what? Like I've said some names in my mind. There's been names that have been called in my home growing up that were not of, uh, good flavor and I and I have to repent and say that's not okay and I want that out of my heart because kind of like what Matt was saying this week is that life is created and lost in the words of of your tongue is you can either empower people through the tongue or you can kill death and destruction upon people with your tongue and I want to be the light giver. I want to be the light bearer. I want to be the one who says that, that you're hurting. And I, and I, I, maybe I don't understand your hurt because that hasn't happened to me, but I want to understand who you are and what's important to you. And then from that, I want to support you. And that's what this whole, this is one of the biggest reasons that this month is this is to say, you know what, it's time to stop being silent and let's start bringing like the amazing things that our African American brothers and sisters have brought to us, and one of those, someone wrote like I mean, like even music, like jazz music, um, uh, different uh, uh, parades and food. I mean, just so many things that we can celebrate, and that they deserve 
the glory for it. They deserve uh, the honor for it. And so that's just what's on my heart. Um, I really appreciate you listening to my uh, my soapbox. And uh, anyway, that's my just in time. And we will see you on the next one. All right. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Fold and Share Theology. You can follow Bruce on multiple social media platforms at bpags2, as well as Justin Mercier on Instagram at justinmercier13. Additionally, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Folding Chair Theology. Until then, keep unfolding God's word each and every day.